Welcome everyone. We decided to put together a little bit of a podcast, sort of impromptu, and uh, we're going to start putting these out every week. Um, and we're going to call it "What Is This Anyway?" And this is the very first episode. Of that so, let's go ahead and get started. Hope you enjoy. Yeah. What do you want to? So, what? Uh, what do you want to talk about? I have a couple things that I think would be pretty good to talk about. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, start off telling me, like, okay, so, so you've had a bunch of people telling me, telling you, you want a podcast, right? Yeah. Okay. So that's good, right? So there's interest. Then, what do you want to talk? What can you talk about Thank for you. an hour a week for the rest of your life? <laughs> um. Well, I mean, I, I think it'd be cooler to just do like. Um, more of like a free form kind of thing. Like we don't have to have a specific theme, but no, no, I, think, I would agree. I think given that things are so in flux right now, not only in the country, but just in tech in general, it'd be pretty cool to just talk about like whatever latest things are kind of happening. Um, so like one yeah. example that I have is uh, pagan online recently uh, is now pagan offline. Yeah, like, yeah, that's the whole multiplayer thing where they just yeah, cut it, yeah. right? And it was so, in early access. They actually sold that game, and then they sold it for thirty dollars. And then the uh, production company, like the war gaming company, whatever, uh, pulled out of it and then made it pagan offline, and did not offer refunds. And what they did offer instead was seven days of a premium war gaming account and cosmetic vehicle skins for their other games but they're no longer <laughs> supporting the game itself right they do war so that was actually the publisher there right so, yeah. and so then the funniest thing about it too is not only did they do that but the seven games of free or the seven days of free premium time whatever um you get that for just making a new account anyways <laughs> you're welcome so here's this thing that you got and we're giving it to you again. Yeah. You're, you're welcome. Um, so, yeah, I think like if we just yammer about whatever, I think we can easily fill an hour with that. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the first thing we have to do is like talk about. So my suggestion, the first thing we should do is say who we are <laughs> or how we're going to identify himself. <laughs> like I use my actual name on the Internet, but you can use whatever you want. I don't care. Um, and we got to tell people like, hey, why do you want to listen to this? Like, here's what I, or at least give them some sort of, it's like, I know you, right? Because I've known you forever. Right. But but at least tell people like, in some sort of semblance, hey, th this is where I'm coming from, from a gaming perspective or some from where I'm coming from, uh, from what I'm talking about, right? So yeah, they have yeah, any yeah. reason why to listen to you. <laughs> well, they should um, listen to me because I'm right about everything. No. Oh, well, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> That's gotten me. That's gotten me very far. So you can run that for quite a while. Actually. Yeah, Jadoli just brought up a good point. Uh, hi, my name is Ed Cross. I have a big ass and I like torchlight. Yeah. See, there you go. There you go. That's, that's... you. You got him. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I mean, like you've you've played a lot of games. That's how actually I met you. I met you at a an F and M. Yep. Yeah. At an F and M. The, the the darkest of places. Um. Well, it's kind of funny because like. I think when we first met, I mean, I was, I was pretty young when we first met. I was like, I don't know. Yeah. I like I'm young. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, <God. laughs> 
no, so so I was so I was so what so what was happening is I was working in a magic shop, right? I was working in a card store. Yeah, it was. Um, uh, and actually, I think I met you before I started working there. I had just moved back you? to world. Yeah, I think I. You were running it, okay? it though, right? Is it okay if I if I talk about like where we were? Like, are you um, are you weird about places or no? Do you not want me to say that? No, that's so, so, it's so fine. Place, Just don't say where I work. That, yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah, no, we're good. Okay, so so at a place in in Florida, basically, I, I we we met at a card yeah. shop in Florida, and uh, I had moved back from the Caribbean. I had spent like a number of years in the Caribbean, and I moved back, and it was like during the housing crisis, right? So um, it's like the absolute worst time to try to find a job um, in the history what, of what year was it. I don't even remember what year it was. 2000. So I got back, I believe, in 2010 or 2011. It's like right around there. This was almost 10 years ago, right? I think it was longer than that, man. I think it was like 2009. It, it, yeah, it could have been even further back. It was yeah. It was like right around the, the house. It was right when the housing crisis had happened, right? Yeah, because I was um, like 18, I think. Yeah, because I couldn't get a job literally at Chipotle. I came back. I I went to the Caribbean. Basically, like I had worked a real nice, cushy corporate job. I had running... I'd been running like uh, multiple businesses and then I came back and it was like, yeah, you're, you can't run the slushy machine at 7-Eleven. Um, yeah. So I started hanging out at the card store because there was nothing else to do. And then they employed me, which was great. Um, and then I started meeting a lot of people through there. Um, so yeah. So, so I think we both come from that weird board gaming background, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Maybe not so much board gaming, but like card games. And then we both kind of got into League. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. The, the mistake. Right. Um, and then I actually did a podcast about League for almost a year. Um, that was very popular, actually. When it, you know, and I would never say very popular if it wasn't actually popular. But we had like we had like 15,000 like downloads an episode. It was pretty good. That's really but good. This, yeah. this was during like leagues, absolute like meteoric rise. You remember when league was just everyone played League of Legends and it oh, was yeah. everywhere. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, and so we did that for a while. I did that podcast, and then I, I kind of quit because actually the guy that I did it with um, became very involved in the church. <laughs> and was like I, re I renounce i renounce this <laughs> <Yeah>. um <laughs> which was which was wild and and so then i kind of did some video game stuff so basically i've done a couple of podcasts about video games in the past um this is your first so yeah yeah you're, well you're, I, i've done um I, i've done a few things here and there but usually for me um i just never had time because when I really started to get into uh, any kind of like gaming or anything um, and, and really doing it in a very public fashion, I was knee deep in my career. So I was working mm -hmm. not just nine to five, but like seven to seven. <laughs> yep. And yeah, I mean, and you know what I do. So like, especially at the time that I joined. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was like very involved and uh and then on yeah. top of that, I had a bunch of other like personal obligations. So I think I, that that's a very common thing amongst everyone right now, right? Like, uh, 
suddenly everyone has we're in the weirdest time that i can remember in my entire life where suddenly everyone has time to sort of do their thing right yeah. and, and may, maybe not intentional and, and and i know that obviously that doesn't ring true for every person like they're essential workers and things like that who are probably like you're I don't have time for anything, you know, I can't even eat a, yeah, yeah. You know, a, a McNugget. But, but I mean, a lot of us, I would say, have a lot of time. And so suddenly you're seeing this huge influx of people making content, right? That never had time before. You know, you've got Sarah Silverman streaming Call of Duty World War II, you know, every day on Twitch. And I mean, it's just crazy. It's, it's wild. Um, and so I think that a lot of people are sort of finding that time which is, is interesting to me. Um, you know, I, I'm in the same boat, right? Like I did corporate communications and PR for many, many years, uh, for a company and, uh, kind of got them all set up during all of this nightmare because I had like, I was like, Hey, you know, eventually something really bad is going to happen and we're going to need to talk to like our 3,500 employees. Right. And then COVID happened. And I was like, see, I told you. And we set up all this stuff and then I apparently did it so well that they didn't need me because it was too easy. So they were like, yeah, good job getting us through this. We moved like, oh, um, God. yeah. So we had like 1% of our, our workforce was, was work from home and we yeah, moved to yeah. 99% of our workforce from work from home. And then they were like, Oh, they're all moved now. We don't need you anymore. They just cut me loose after like eight years. They just gave you was wonderful. But it gave me a ton of time, right? That and sucks. I think a lot of people are a in lot. the same situation, right? I, um, either, either A, they're not doing stuff after yeah, work because they I'm, can't. I'm very fortunate or because B, I actually have, you know, they the don't have work. Just work from home, um, the exact same capacity. And so they're before. making something. I think I lost you, by the way. I don't know. I can't hear you. Which is cool. I like it. What happened? You still there? I think you're muted on my end, buddy. I don't think I did anything. I'm just sitting here. Did you mute Discord? Let's see. I can't hear you. I mean, this was inevitable, right? You're always, there's always going to be that random technical. You've disappeared. Hiccup. Oh, you're good. You guys enjoying this so far, by the way? kind of impromptu but i have disappeared what you can't yeah, you're gone on discord. discord i can't hear you oh there we go oh i see what the problem was that's my fault yeah we did it that's uh here i'll, <laughs> I'll change that that's all good that is streamer mode Randomly oh. enabling because I went into OBS real quick. Yeah, it does that. It's trying to save you from like exposing something, but I don't know what it saves you from, to be honest. You'd have I, to go out of your way to like expose something. I don't know what. I, 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 don't, I don't know, man. Maybe it's like uh, for like audio stuff. Like if you join a random channel or something. I mean, maybe. But what streamer is going to be in a Discord voice channel during a their right. stream so that some random dude can jump in you know discord you would think their their streamer mode would be better considering they push every single streamer in the universe to have a discord yeah 
Yeah. That's pretty wild. So where so, where you cut off for me was talking about um, how your job. Yeah. So, yeah. so they cut me loose. Right. And then yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm going to. I've got time. I'm going to hang out with my dogs every day and I'm going to play video games for a while. Um, because I had been in the sort of the same boat that you were in way back when, where you were, um, working all the time. Right. I had been working 75, 80 hour weeks and for the rest of, you know, for years and finally was like, what do I do now? Um, so I was like, I'll, I'll just start streaming on Twitch. I don't know. You know, I, I'd done it before. Um, and it's been a blast. Like I actually really enjoy it. And I didn't think I would, um, because actually in the past when I'd done it sort of casually, I, I didn't really like it. Yeah. Um, so I can kind of relate to that. Um, I streamed a long time ago. Like, so the timeline, you might know this timeline. Um, do you remember when I went to go work, uh, not at the place that I try to get you hired at, but after. Do you remember that? Yes. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So when I was working there, um, I started streaming. Okay. When I, when I went out to LA and then I came back, I was still streaming. Yep. And so, um, and back then it was the Wild West. I was just streaming Magic Online. That's all I was doing. Mm -hmm. yep. And uh, I mean, back then i i would just turn it on and i literally the only reason that my stream stood out to people was because it was 1080p 30 fps which back then was like oh man <laughs> yeah oh, you're 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 balling yeah and you're uh, you're out of control heck i i don't stream at 1080p 60 now no yeah um, yeah well it, it, so and and so back then that was like a big deal and there were no sub buttons there was none of that um and i I, I built up a pretty big following back then. I mean, like my streams, I think would average in the hundreds. Um, that's why my channel has so many views on it. It's from like when I used to stream back in the day. Okay. But I decided to stop. Um, in, in retrospect, I, I wouldn't take it back. But um, if you knew what you knew now, you might. Sure. Not have, yeah. Right. We, yeah. Keep in mind, everyone like back then streaming was not. Um, it, it, it wasn't what it is now. So it, it was a much different world. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I don't know. It, for me, it just kind of happened. Like I, I'd always kind of wanted to get back into streaming, but it was mm -hmm. just the, the complications of my job and what I do. And then sure trying yeah. to, I, I'm also the type of person that if I don't set like a goal, like, for me, it's streaming every day for a year, right? Mm -hmm. If I don't set a goal like that, I'm just not going to do it. Yeah, I'm very similar. I have to have yeah. like, I have to build structure for myself or because in the absence of structure, I just sit around and I'm like, yep, these goldfish, they need to eat and then I'll eat them. And then four <laughs> hours have went by and I've scrolled Reddit or something. I mean, it's just, it's a nightmare, right? So, yeah. So I have to have a thing to do and, um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of why I, I started the streaming thing too. I, you know, I, so I started in like late April and I would say it's weird because in my, so one of the reasons that I didn't, and I actually didn't stop doing it because of like any sort of, obviously I didn't have time, but more so I stopped because I felt like Twitch was getting 
more and more like toxic. Um, and I was seeing the people that were succeeding. Um, many of them who've just been banned from the platform, <laughs> mainly, mainly the, the big guy that just got banned from the platform. But I saw like that sort of stuff succeeding. And I was like, yeah, I don't know if like Twitch is really, you know, a positive thing. You know what I mean? Um, especially at, at its apex. Um, but then I sort of bumped, it's weird. I, I started randomly watching, um, a guy named Dan Giesling. I don't know if, have you ever heard of Dan Giesling? No. Okay. So he's about a, he's like a mid level streamer. He's, he's maybe like 500 to a thousand followers. And he was, but Dan is actually famous for a completely different reason. He was the, he's considered the best big brother player ever. You know, like the reality show. Okay. Um, so he won it the first time he was on, like in crushing fashion. Because so Big Brother is sort of like Survivor, except it also has like a voting. There, it's way more. Can you get other people to do what you want them to do? Because you're locked in a house with them, basically. All right. And so you're so you're locked in a house, and then it's Survivor, and people like vote you out of the house. Is the, is the easiest way. And then there's gamey crap like Survivor, right? But Dan just like crushed it the first time. And then they brought him back and he almost won again, even though everybody knew he was like this unbelievable player. And he, he was second, basically. Um, so he's considered by most to be the best Big Brother player ever. Well, he he streams on Twitch and he has for years, like to, to not huge audiences, right? Sure, I would say yeah. he's streamed since like 2012, Oh wow. So so what like 8 years and he's not, and most of the people if you hear somebody oh like they've streamed since 2012 they're huge, right? Like they're massive just because of like the time that they've spent on the platform. But he's not sure. like that because I would argue like <laughs> at first he was not very good. He was just kind of like a very not great streamer, but so I I sort of stumbled onto him. And he's like this very just positive dude. He, he like builds his community around like hey like I'm a positive guy. We don't like he, he encourages people to like, you know, give feedback and like front seat. You know, he, you know, a lot of people like no backseat gaming in my channel. Well, he like basically embraced a lot of the stuff that people thought was negative and sort of turned it into a positive and mm -hmm. had a very positive community. I was like, you know what? Like if this guy can succeed on Twitch, then like I can definitely, <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, sure, if you yeah, can be like yeah. fresh and clean, then that's really interesting to me. So, so that's what kind of got me back into it. Um, but I have no, unlike you, I have no gaming skill whatsoever. I'm just like terrible at everything. Um, like I, I was never a very good league player. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I think I, I peaked at like maybe plat. I think I hit plat the platform and that was like the hard grind right yeah, yeah, um, I, I games and yeah i mean i i had to work for it you know people yeah. like laugh they're like oh you know 300 games to challenger what an idiot and i'm like uh, <laughs> uh, 2000 to gold one you know come on um but it, it's been fun so far and like i I've, I've seen a little bit of success not a ton you know but i think like you know i get it's really you know, random yeah, I get between because, 10 and 30 viewers yeah, when I stream. Yeah, for me, like, um, I mean, I, I've only been streaming for a couple months now, and I have had a roller coaster. It, every day is just totally random for me. Like, I think my first couple of weeks when I started, it was very, like, streaming to two people, three people, you know, your typical 
Yeah. And then out of the blue, it was just like hundreds of people here, you know, 80 people here, um, mainly just goofing off in Torchlight 3 or whatever. Yeah. And it just blew up. Um, and then it has, it, I think like, I can very noticeably track growth and estimate growth based on the games I'm playing and what, um, just kind of how they're going. So Torchlight 3 basically shriveled up and died. I mean, mm-hmm. it just it has like 20 people watching it right now. And which is great for me because. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so transitioning my content more away from that into other stuff, it's been it's been like very random. It's just very up and down again. It depends almost entirely on what I'm doing. But yeah, I've also found that it depends a ton on like the day. And and for me, I do best when I like hype a thing. I'm a hype man. Like I've always been that way. Right. I can get the one notable skill that I do have that I am very good is I can get people excited about a thing. Like if, if there's a thing that you want me to get them excited about, if I believe in it, I can get them I can make them see why it's they should be excited, right? Um, if it's if it's crap, like yeah, it's a little tougher, right? But you know, like I do a lot better when I'm like. So we did a 24 hour stream, right? And I just like hyped the crap out of it. I made like trailers and you know, like you know, I did a. I mean, I I did everything. I like cook breakfast on stream. It was it Jeez. was full. I I went full ridiculous, and we like. We did a Amazon watch party where we watched Escape from New York. I mean, it was like, but I had it all like scheduled out, right? Yeah, so yeah, I said, yeah. all right, here's what we're going to do is like, you know, eight o'clock, this is going to happen. 11 o'clock, this is going to happen. One o'clock, this is, and for me, it was more like, how am I actually going to stay awake for 24 hours and stream? It's um, very hard. It's surprisingly extremely difficult. Yeah, it's very hard. Yeah. So, so what I did was I just scheduled it out because I was like, well, the worst parts for me are when I don't know what I'm doing, when I'm just like, I don't know, what should I play? Uh, you know, what, which, what am I doing right now? Like, should I just play Tarkov for another six hours or whatever? Um, so for me, it was way easier because I knew, oh, I'll just go, I'll do this for eight hours. And then, and so I actually scheduled it so that it would sort of keep me going. Right. Like we played an yeah. FMV game at like 4 a.m like a brand new FMV game. And I was like, that requires me to literally choose left or right. Right. <laughs> and I remember my brain is going to function at that level after like, uh, cause I started at noon. So, right. So I'd been live 16 hours. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, so I was like, all right, at 16 hours, I'm not going to have much more left in the tank than left, right. And then if I can get through that, I can get to breakfast and I can draw that out for like two hours probably and then i'm in the nightmare zone but i'm almost done so maybe i can just gut it out the rest see, of the way see we we have very radically different approaches to not only content but to how we handle a 24-hour situation because you're far more extroverted than i am mm-hmm. i'm like introverted to a fault so for me um my <laughs> i'm like the anti-hype man like I legitimately am confused and don't understand why my channel grew the way it grew because I just sit here and chill 
and play games and like yeah. Yeah, I mean, but but the funny thing is, is I, the one th the other thing that I know that I have from being in corporate stuff is that I can look, at, I can watch something, and I can tell you why people resonate with it because I had to do that for years, right? I had to look at something yeah, and be yeah, like, yeah. why doesn't this work? Why does it? Why does why does it work? Why does it not work? Right? And so I can watch your stream and tell you immediately why you, you do well, you know, like because you actually talk to the chat and you don't just. I think, and this is a very broad statement, but I think if you speak every 10 seconds on Twitch, you are in the top 1% of creators. Yeah. Like, yeah. If you can actually talk, <laughs> you know, and say words for more and, and not just sit there and click your mouse and push buttons for 12 minutes straight of silence. Then yeah, you're top one yeah. percent, like right away. Well, I, um, I think the um, the I, I've talked about this a few times on stream, but I think for me, I, I'm not capable of putting up a front for people, or at least not consistently. There, there's no way that I could just be um, an over the top version of myself because I don't think that version of myself even exists. Yeah. <laughs> See, so, I'm also not very good at that either. I can I can do the so I have to do the hype outside, right? I have to like hype the thing that's coming and then it like happens and I'm like, see, this is great. Wasn't all the hype worth it, you know? And, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm kind of like there and I'm, I just kind of hope that hope that I sort of deliver when they show up. Right? <laughs> but I'm always honest with people and I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm just sort of here and I'm really happy that you're here. Um, but again, I think like you, you mentioned this. At one point, I, I don't remember when you said it, but you were in my channel at one point. And I was, oh, I was talking about the guy that had come over from Mixer. Right. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and yeah. so there was a guy that a bunch of creators came over from Mixer. We don't have to rehash that, but a, a lot of Mixer streamers came over here, right? Because they shut Mixer down. Mm -hmm. And he was complaining that he didn't have the viewer counts that he had on Mixer. And he was like, I can't believe this. And he was like, he was literally on stream, like looking at other Mixer streamers mad because they had more viewers than him and frustrated he's like why am i even streaming that i have yeah, yeah, yeah. he had like 35 viewers or something and he was just mad and then, and then you said like, that well yeah yeah go ahead yeah and, and he said uh you know you said something along the lines of you just every if you're genuine then people will watch you yeah and, yeah 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 which is 100 percent like the I, I think that's the one thing i've said consistently since i've started streaming is it's because I, I've talked to a few people who um, have reached out because they, they've they been streaming like forever, like two years or three years or whatever, which I, that's not forever, but mm -hmm. a long time. And they don't see any kind of consistent or noticeable growth. Um, and they don't really know what to do, what's wrong, like how to fix it, how to get over the insecurities. And it's like, you yeah. just have to be genuine because i'm in the camp I, I know it's a very cliched thing to say that people are stupid and that you know everyone sucks and blah blah but i i prefer to take a more optimistic look at it which is i think people are actually pretty smart and i think if you are being fake with people especially if you're like a small streamer or whatever i think people pick up on that pretty quickly and i think that they're just gonna be turned off to the idea of you know watching you or anything 
Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I mean, I think I, those think of like the people that you watch, right? Like I, I, and I don't think size really has anything to do with it because I watch a lot of large streamers and I'm like, nah, this guy's just not for me, you know? And, yeah, um, yeah. and, uh, but then I also watch a lot of small streamers are not for me just because they're small doesn't mean that they're, you know, good. But also, I mean, I, I've watched, I still, to this day, I've probably watched Caleb D the, the magic streamer for, God, it's gotta be five or six years now I've watched him. And it's just like something about the, his stream just resonates with me. He's, he just, he also like shares a lot of political views that I have. And like, um, you know, it just seems like a straight up kind of guy. And, uh, I don't think he's for everybody, but I, I like watching him and he's genuine. Right. Um, and I think that's, I think that Twitch is a way at its best to connect with people who are like you. Right. And, that's what Twitch has so far been for me, right? Is that I get a lot of people on my channel that think similarly. Maybe aren't exa it's not an echo chamber because I don't I don't think that's the case because I had a lot of people who think that I'm doing things wrong or whatever. But sure, yeah, yeah. But but we're able to connect in some sort of way, right? And yeah. uh, that always feels really good. Yeah, I mean, I one of the. I think a lot of it just kind of boils down to if you're trying to stream and monetize it, especially out of the gate. And I get it. Um, like, especially for people coming from Mixer, you know, they, they're on Mixer or whatever, and they have, you know, hundreds of viewers and they come over to Twitch and then maybe their following didn't follow them. But mm -hmm. I mean, really, though. I feel like a lot of streamers shoot themselves in the foot because they act with this entitlement of, well, I deserve X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And the reality is that if you actually look at your metrics, a lot of people pass by your channel um, and they'll watch it for maybe 20, 30 minutes or whatever. But in a lot of cases, that's actually a totally think about how much you watch TV, right? So if I'm watching TV in the middle of the day, like, I watch a lot of sports. So like if I watch a sports debate show or whatever, I'm going to stick around for like two topics and watch 30 minutes of it and then go back to what I'm doing. But the person on the debate show is going to be doing it for four hours. And if everyone's doing that, which a lot of people do, then your view count is going to look very low or consistently low. That doesn't mean that your content isn't attracting people. And it doesn't mean that it's not good. It just means that you need to continue going at it and mm -hmm. developing that interest and interest for the right reasons, like people yeah. wanting to watch you because they know that when they watch you, they're going to get the genuine version of you. Like, I don't want to watch a caricature talking about Tom Brady. I want to watch somebody break down an opinion about it. You don't watch, you don't like Stephen A. Smith? <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> okay, there, okay, there's always exceptions, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> Stephen A is pretty good. Stephen A actually I mean, is pretty damn good. But Stephen uh, A is pretty wonderful, right? But he's got to be, I mean, that can't be really him, right? I mean, I, I think it actually like, is him. I, but I, mean, I think Rob Parker would be the better, uh, yeah, example. no, right. Yeah, he's Rob, the worst. Rob Parker is a very good example. He's the worst. Right? 
Like he's just a stone. No, I, I think that you also see that with, I think a lot of people, um, they, they, they don't understand actually why people get big on Twitch. I think. Right. Um, yeah. I, th I think that they need to realize that most of the time people get big on Twitch because they've been on Twitch a long time. Like, that is the they have been on Twitch a long time and they have consistently streamed at the same times. Like that is the number one thing, right? Everything else is like, I would say, less than thirty percent of the rest of the way there. Like I, I think seventy percent of being successful on Twitch is doing it and going live at the same time. Right? <laughs> I, I, I truly believe that. Um, and then I think the other thirty percent is different for most people right i think that other 30 percent is like the you factor right it's what are you are you like you know do you draw like a toxic community do you draw you know a genuine community and i think that there's pot there's positives and negatives to that right it can go faster for certain people it can go you know like if there are people that can that can sort of appeal to especially the younger people on twitch right in a very base level um and get large very quickly because a huge percentage of the people on twitch are very young um and i wish that people would not compare themselves to others in yeah, so they yeah. would i wish they would just look at themselves like i would wonder how many of those people like that you were mentioning that have streamed for forever right and, and still stream to like one or two viewers if they've ever watched one of their own VODs. Oh, I'm like sure they do. I, I'm sure. But but I don't think they watch it for the right reasons. I think they just watch it to um, almost reassure their own insecurities. But mm. the reality is, I mean, I, barring crazy technical issues, I actually think most people stream pretty good content. Like, yeah, I would 100% agree. Yep. Yeah. Like, especially now in 2020, it's so easy to just put out like a pretty base level, decent piece of content. Mm -hmm. um, but there's a difference between, you know, playing like, okay, if I'm playing League of Legends and I'm master and I'm like really good or challenger and I'm really, really good and you recognize me from solo queue and that's why you found my stream. Great. But there's people in that bracket that stream to 20 people. Or oh yeah, five hundred percent, and it's because they they try to be something that they're not, and I think a skill you kind of, and I think this is where a lot of the younger crowd does get really frustrated, and I think this just kind of comes with time, because you kind of learn to understand your strengths and your weaknesses, but um, you you kind of learn, especially as you get older, that you kind of have to stay in your lane, you know, like oh yeah. If you are like for me, I probably barring being really excited about something, I don't think I could ever be like super hype man. I just I don't think I could. Um, but that's OK, because I think that. I, I would like to think that, you know, the people who watch me appreciate the fact that I am who I am and not, you know, that I'm trying to put up a face for some imaginary, you know, goal that I've set yeah. for myself. Yeah, like NordVPN signups or yeah. <laughs> Casper mattresses. Hey, use promo code NCROSS at checkout, you know. Um, here you are, like G Fuel containers behind you with your purple and pink LED lights. Um, 
<laughs> no, I, I mean, it's weird, but I think that 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 exact feeling is indicative of the age groups that are on Twitch, right? I think that it's very easy for young, very young people to look at people on Twitch and go, that's exactly what I want to do. Right. That's, yeah, I oh, want to yeah. be just yeah. like them. And, yeah. and it's sad, especially to me, because like, those are your role models. Right. And that's always been my argument against a lot of the large YouTubers. Um, is that they weren't proper role models for those young kids. Right. And, and I know that's like very old manish of me, but those, those kids look at those people and they say, that's what I want to be. And they will grow up to be just awful. <laughs> you know, I mean, they're just terrible. Like they're just, you know, these, these just people need to understand that when you go into a very large stream and I'm not going to like name a bunch of names, but like when you go into some very large streamers on Twitch and you see that scroll of just like awful just memes. Yeah. yeah it, it's mostly little kids, you know, it's mostly like, and I, by kids, I mean like sub 20, right. You know, they're, they're just, they're younger people that don't know what they want to do. You know, they're just emulating what they see. Um, and it's weird, but so also, and you'll also find like everybody has the other thing about Twitch is that everybody has an audience. You just have to find them. And the only way you can find them is if you stream at the same time all the time, right? Like they will find you like yeah, people, yeah. you know, they freak out about when am I going to stream? What am I going to, none of that I mean, it matters a little, right? Like games matter. I think game selection is pretty important and things like that. But if you stream at the same times, your people will find you. It's just how long does it take them to find you? Yeah. I mean, like in my case, uh, the game I'm playing directly correlates to my view count. But at the same time, I also have a lot of very consistent, like awesome people who just tune in all the time. Right. Um, and it, it is very comforting uh, it's very scary kind of talking about the game selection thing. It's very scary to shift your content. I've had to do it twice and mm -hmm. uh, it, not in like major ways, but I've had to kind of pivot on something I'm doing and it's super scary, right? Yeah. Well, it's like terrifying because you're like, what am I going to stream yeah. for two people for again? Like, yeah. Is, it's like, is that what I'm in, going back to? Yeah. And, and it's even scarier when like, I mean, I, I tend to be very whatever about it. it. Doesn't really affect me too much as far as like anything related to the growth or monetization aspect. As long as I'm, I am growing. That's all I care about. Like, yep. like to some degree, um, it really doesn't matter. I, I don't care about the spikes as much. I don't really care about anything else. As long as I can notice a consistent-ish level of growth, then I'm pretty content. Yep. All I want to see is at the end of the month, I want to see the average viewer number go up. That's the only, the only metric that I actually care about. And there, I know that's like reducing it to an extremely base level, but like, I think that I just want more people to watch. That's all I want. Right. I want to, I want more of the people that connect with me to find me and watch me. And like, that's all that matters. Like, I don't care how many subs or whatever I put it's weird. I actually, for three months, I didn't want to put like at all, like any sort of notification about subscribers, none of that. And my like viewers got mad at me. They were like, we want this to happen. How many subs for this to happen? That was the 24 hour thing. 
they were like, we want you to do a 24 hour stream. And I was like, I don't think I can actually even get through a 24 hour stream. And they're like, well, how many subs? And, and which is a weird, that's a weird dynamic, right? Where you're like, I think a lot of Twitch streamers like farm that, right? They sort of push people and prey on people's weird clicks in their brain to, to get money out of them, which is well, know, dastardly yeah, I mean, the, in a lot of ways, right? When you start talking about, I, I, I talk about this occasionally, but there's a lot of, one of the big turnoffs to me when it comes to especially growing streamers, um, but it, with established streamers as well, I, I don't like sub goals. I don't like donation yeah. goals. I don't, I don't, I don't like it when it's kind of thrown in the face of the viewer. Yeah, I really hate it. I actually, yeah, <laughs> I have like a little tiny one in the top left, but I literally, I like, I had m like a ton. I, I had to do like multiple polls to put one in there. Right. Where I was like, I don't want to put this, but you guys want it. Do you really want it? And it was like overwhelmingly. Yes. And I, so I put it there because I'm like, well, it's my stream, but also what I have come to the realization is that what I, what frustrates me especially about it is when it is like the focus of the stream. Like I never talk yeah. about it. It's just there. <clears throat> and the community wants it because they want to. So that number, you know how like we like to see the number go up, right? Like we like to see the view count or whatever metric that you feel is important. It's that for the community. That's what I finally realized. And because somebody explained it to me, like I watch streamers and I like their sub goals because I like to watch the number go up and it makes me feel good that the people that I like are succeeding. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. I, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, and and so I'm going to try it for a month and see if like it actually belongs there. But I could very well see myself after 30 days like taking it down. Um because it feels weird. It feels yeah, like it's yeah. very scummy and weird. Like I don't I don't like it. So Yeah, I mean for me I, I I've always just been very like I remember when um now, my stream was growing even before this, but this definitely gave it like a kick in the ass. Uh, I was streaming Torchlight three. This was like, I think yeah, a the, month. A true, a true masterpiece classic. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> all time great. We'll back, we'll look back on these days and go, gosh. Remember well, those years of playing Torchlight three? I mean. I, for whatever reason, I, I can't explain it. I actually do like that game. So I no, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I just I, it is I, wild I that that thing exists in the, <laughs> yeah. in the form that it does. I just, in, in 2020 for a game to come out like that, I, maybe that's why I like it so much because it's just such a disaster that it's like. I mean, that's that's why I liked version. Deadly Premonition, right? That's why yeah, I loved yeah. that game. It's so kind of like The Room, you know. It's like it is. It's the same kind of like good God. Like this. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know what you were making when you made this? And you know, and like there's always a little taste of like, yeah, they had to have known, but maybe they didn't. You know, yeah. maybe. They, well, um, it, so um, th there's a really, really popular. I think he's the number one Diablo streamer. Actually, it's Datmods. He uh, and and I've known of him for a while, and we both live in Florida. Okay. Um, but I was just playing Torchlight Three, doing my thing. Like I, I was doing i was suffering basically and and he randomly raided me with over two thousand people oh more yeah and 
uh, it was really weird because I think for anyone who's ever streamed, especially if you're new, that is like the dream scenario, right? Right. I mean, it, it's just the dreams. It's like, oh man. Yeah, but go. they but they overvalue it so well, much. Well, and here's right? the thing: is that it, it, and this is a very uh, sobering reality, and I think it actually is something a lot of people could take note of is um just because somebody raids you and just because say you get like a bunch of followers say you get subs or, or whatever um they are ultimately that person's viewer and the odds of them sticking around to become your viewer are very very low mm-hmm. um and also it, it really put it front and center for me again i was growing already at that point but i mean when you go from 20 viewers just shooting the shit and like laughing to over 2000 2000 it's like oh god yeah um that's like almost scary right because it's like oh no like the moderation and i got rated back when i played league i got rated by gross score before he before he got banned from league or Mm. from twitch and it was a very similar situation, but I'm I'm curious to hear how that went for you. Um, like, it, when it, it was happened. just very. You know what it reminded me of. So when I was in LA, um, I played. It's <laughs> really random segue. I'm sorry. I'll tie it together. But I, I played a a Street Fighter Five or Street Fighter Four match on stream against Justin Wong during Wednesday night fights. Mm. Uh, for those who don't know fighting games, Justin Wong is like the god <laughs> he's yeah. he's extremely good um and i'm m- mediocre at best so uh and i mean he bodied me obviously but yeah it was weird because like i always thought that if i was put in that kind of situation which i very much was like literally i showed up i wasn't even planning to play that night somebody loaned me their stick and then bam i'm on like, go, go play yep. justin wong yeah and uh and i'm like all right well and I thought I would just crumble, but it was actually super chill. Mm-hmm. It was super chill and it was cool. And, and awesome. that was it. And and so the raid was a very similar feeling to me because it, it happened. And I always thought that like, oh, okay, if, if this ever happened, I would just be a fucking wreck or yeah, you know, you're freaking really out. Right, or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that wasn't the case at all. It was just like it happened and I was just one note mood doing my thing. And and it was a very sobering reality that what, you know, it, for a lot of streamers, I think they have this image of that, like constantly scrolling chat, the mm-hmm. 20,000 viewers, the donations flying left and right. You yeah. Know, like that's, that's like the, the dream, right? That's the yeah. pinnacle. But for me, it actually was just kind of a reminder of like what I would want to grow my stream with because the next day um, I had great view count for the next day too. A lot of people showed up for the next day. I had like, I think 800 viewers. Um, And then as I was streaming Torchlight 3 more and more, I mean, I would average anywhere from 70 to 130 viewers a night. Nice. um, Pretty consistently. And as the game began to die, like a very rapid death, it plummeted 
more and more because people just didn't want to watch it anymore. Yeah. And uh, it was funny because then I stopped streaming it as much and I started streaming other games and a lot of people came back and they're like, oh yeah, it's fucking hate torch. <laughs> yeah. You, you want, you want people that follow for you as, yeah, as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, the distillation of like, I, I actually have gotten away from playing. So, so for me for the last three months, and I think like we can maybe wrap up the, the streamer bit. Cause I know you want to talk about Pagan online. Cause I actually want to hear your thoughts on it. But oh, I have so, some, thoughts, some strong thoughts. But so, so <laughs> here's the thing is, is for me, I started playing Tarkov because I was playing a ton of Tarkov, right? I was just playing a ton of it and I was like, well, I like this game. Other people like this game. I know a lot about Tarkov. I'm reasonably good at it. I'm just going to play Tarkov. Yeah. And the viewer, like, I would say that a, a huge percentage of my viewers came from Tarkov and they, they expect me to play Tarkov, but I am, I am forcing them to watch other things where I'm like, look, like we're just not playing Tarkov today. It's not, it's stale, you know, like Tarkov comes in, in, it's just like every, it's, it's very similar to those action, you know, action RPGs, uh, where, you know, there are points when it's stale, where they haven't, they haven't, you know, finished a season or whatever. And it's just, it's, it's very slow. Um, and so I'm sort of trying to break people of like, Hey, we don't just play Tarkov here. That's not all we do. Right. Because that is a, I don't want people who are there for the game, right? It's fine for a, like a discoverability thing, right? I would love to have people like find me because they're like, oh, I like Tarkov. You play Tarkov. That's cool. But the problem is most of the people, like a huge percentage of the audience that plays Tarkov is like horrifically toxic and terrible. And a lot of the big streamers that play Tarkov, not all of them, but a lot of them are like crazy and look weird, you know, like probably f four out of the top 10 Tarkov streamers like stream you know, we were talking about like what they have behind them when in their camera. Oh yeah. Like they have like a full like gun arsenal behind them oh. with like an American. <laughs> and I'm just like, what on earth is going on? You know, like that is so, not me. You know, so Tarkov um, kind of reminds me of uh, I I briefly forayed into Terraria, um, and I had a very similar experience where it was like the only people who would tune in for Terraria would tune in because that's like the only thing they play mm -hmm. like that's it it's that or bust and if you're not streaming terraria they're out they're out so yep. you can start to feel pretty trapped and it, it becomes a problem because people don't understand that so for me like i don't necessarily care what game i'm playing i just want it to be something that is entertaining for me first and foremost and then yep. also uh isn't just a total slog to play through and uh right you're not gonna like fire up like you know i mean there's a lot of games that i like that are not stream games right um because yeah. it's just like yeah you can watch me like like I, i'm just imagining like if i was an eve online player like and i was like oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah i'm gonna mine for eight hours today it's like okay well <laughs> who wants to watch that i mean i'm sure there are people that love that right but yeah, but sure. I, I don't know that there's a lot of people that want to watch that right so it is it is important that i think you know again i think it's more i think twitch is at its best when you're connecting with people that you like hanging out with and that you feel good when you watch them and it shouldn't have a lot to do with the game um because i will watch my favorite streamers play virtually anything i don't care what what it is they're playing um 
like I come into your channel, I have no idea where you're playing. I mean, the first time I came into your channel, I, I already knew you, but you were playing Torchlight 3 and I was like, oh God, <laughs> what, what, what a mistake he's making here. But I mean, I watch him and, you know, I've still watched you for an hour and a half or whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's a weird thing. It's, well, it's I, very I, strange. I, I think one of the signs that you're growing is so if I had to offer any kind of advice for somebody who's new to streaming and I'm not the streaming guru, just for the record, yep, uh, me anything either. I say is purely like anecdotal, like yeah, totally off of my yeah. experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but after having done it for a couple of months now, um, you, you really have to, I, I think the best indicator for me and I don't think this is necessarily the best indicator that you're growing at a rapid rate. But for me personally, the fact that every time I stream, there's like consistently the same names that tune in. Mm -hmm. um, they don't even have to like do anything. But the fact that they're showing up and just dropping like the what's up, dude, you know, yep. that is everything to me because yep. it means that I mean, it's it's not like they feel obligated to watch me. It's like they they find value in what I'm making in some way, shape or form, whether I'm just like on their second monitor while they're, you know, goofing off doing something monotonous or maybe they're just like really invested in what I'm doing. The fact that I can provide that kind of content and respite during especially 2020, but, you mm -hmm. know, just in general is all the motivation I need to just keep going and you know it's it's just like i mean it, it's really really cool when you can count on that every day and, and that's like like legitimately for me still working my career um and i mean realistically streaming is is a passion for me like especially with what i do i i don't i don't need streaming to be anything more than what it is right now um all day I'm looking forward to it. Like literally all day I'm working and thinking about stream. Yep. I, I, you know, I can't, I feel exactly the same way. And, and I think the other thing that I would add is that those people that show up every time you stream, we get more out of it than they do. Oh yeah. 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 Like a hundred percent. Like when, when, when I log on and I put my, and this is the smallest feeling it's such a small thing but like i so i log on and i put my little you know stream starting thing while i like make my cup of coffee and and get my water and and you know get the treats ready in case somebody redeems a channel reward or whatever um because like i have a dog and we people want to see him and like it was getting ridiculous so i was like look like here's a channel reward you know, if you buy this, if you do this channel reward, we'll get him a treat and we'll bring him over. And that sort of curbed it so that I wasn't like dealing with them. But the fact that during that like five minute timer, I log on and there's like six people there. And like, I know six isn't like a huge number, but like that's six people that are there like to hang out with me and like, and talk to me and like that is I, I i mean i just can't i can't explain how good it makes you feel you know like that they're oh, there yeah, yeah i yeah. mean it's and not like it's not even like the streamer viewer thing it's just like oh these six people like 
planned their day and like found this time to come and just sit here with me. And like, that is incredible. Like, well, I, I, can't. I think the cool part for me is that like when I was growing up, a lot of the time uh, I would just watch people because they were just on and everything they did was relative to my interest. And they as a person were just interesting to watch. So like mm -hmm. a streamer that I watched a ton, I mean, pretty much ever since he started streaming was wreckful. Yeah. And I would watch him because he was, well, first of all, I played wow. So he was a God at that. Yeah. He, he was the guy. Yeah. And, uh, and then aside from world of Warcraft, it was just him as a person was very relatable for me. And, uh, we were like the same age kind of, uh, he was a little bit older than me, but not too much older. So we, we both, I don't, it, it was just like very easy for me to turn his stream on and just watch. And, uh, knowing that you can do that for other people it kind of gets you through the day like because for me i mean 2020 has been like a rough year in general but especially in in my context it's been a very like strange experience just through and through yeah um i think yeah, like I, mean, every I think everybody has some sort of insane story regarding this year like i yeah. was i i had like huge i mean we had basically spent the first five years of our marriage like saving for a trip and then couldn't go because of this and like and then and, and then you know i'm like i'm an like you said earlier i'm an extrovert so like i'm the type of guy who like we moved two blocks away from like a little town um so that I could walk the dog into the town and then like say hello to everybody. You know, that's just how I am. Like, I'm that kind of guy. Like yeah. I want to, I, I get a lot of energy off of like going and talk and I just can't do it anymore. Like I can't go into town and see. So I'm just like trapped in my house and, uh, streaming has been like a godsend. You know, it is, it is like the lifeline that I have needed. Um, and like, you know, if it wasn't here, I would get by, but it is here. So let's enjoy it <laughs> yeah it's um, funny too because like for me i mean i'm like the total opposite like i'm the type that if i'm left to my own devices i'm going to do like i'm just going to become a total recluse um like i think when i started working from home um i think i think for two months i basically didn't leave my apartment I mean, I, I left occasionally to get like groceries and stuff, but I mean, I, Oof, I was just yeah. totally in my own zone and I would work, get off work and either grind in POE or like, you know, whatever. But I, I was rarely doing anything like social, um, which is kind of where streaming came from for me. It, it was something that I could do to actually connect with people um, in spite of my like reclusive tendencies yeah, and, and still have like a semblance of normal, you know, normalcy. Yeah. I, I think that's, even though we do it for very different reasons, I think that, that, that is a core, the thing that we share is that it's like a semblance of normalcy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, we get in there and we talk and like, it's just something it, it, for some reason, like I, 2 p.m. rolls around and I hit the, the go live button and like there's a weird part of me that feels normal again. You know, it feels like this is this is what could be happening every, you know, this could be last year and it's fine. You know, um, 
And I, I don't have to think about like the nightmare that is the outside world for a little while. Yeah. Well, for me, it's been kind of weird because like I had with my career, um, mm -hmm. I've had a lot of realizations about it and a lot of internal monologue about like where I realistically want to go with it, um, what yeah. I want to do with it, how far do I want to take it? And that that isn't to say that I'm streaming to quit my job. I just want to be clear about that. But I, I do. Streaming has been such a unique experience for me. Yeah. And it's probably for the first time in my life, I think something that I can do that feels not only extremely natural, but allows me to be natural. Like at work, you know, I have to kind of like be a different, not, not a super different person, but I do have to like conform to the more corporate structure thing. Yep. Um, that's just not me. Like I, it, yeah, no, I, I mean, I feel very similarly where, you know, I did the same, you know, I did the PR communications thing for, for many years, for seven years. And I was, I don't know, I, I didn't realize how much I hated it until I was forced to not do it anymore. Right. Which is weird because like I was paid very well and, and you know, it was a very comfortable existence and it, it you yeah. know, and I don't want to be, I don't want to be upset. I don't want to like bad mouth my, my job because it paid for a lot of things. You know, I have a house sure. and yeah. you know, yeah. I, I'm in a, I'm in a good situation because of it. Right. And like, um, but when you are removed from that situation for a little while, it is shocking how your brain readjusts. Right. And, and it remembers, like you start to realize like, wow, I was really stressed all the time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, you know, yeah. me, my wife mentioned something to me today and she was like, I am just like, just I, today has been so rough. Like I am frazzled beyond belief. I just never could stop thinking about it. Like, did you ever, you know, do you ever feel like that? You know, she sort of mentioned it and I said, yeah, I felt like that for like three years. Um, yeah. where I was just waking up in the middle of the night, worried about what was going to happen the next day. And, and, you know, what could go wrong and, and things like that. And you get away for 30, you know, for, for 30 days and like your brain like rewires itself back to the way it's supposed to be. <laughs> and, and you're like, Oh, like I'm not, I don't carry around this tightness in my chest all the time. <laughs> That's not actually the way it's supposed to feel, you know? Um, and I'm not supposed to feel sad every time. I look at my dog and think, oh, I can't take him out right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like it's it's little things like that that build up through. And you don't realize how many of those things you just sort of brush aside. Um, I mean, then that's a much longer podcast about the evils of of corporate work and all of that. But all yeah, I can well, say is, like, get away from it for a while and you'd be amazed <laughs> at how your brain adjusts. A lot of people well, say, like, I don't know what I would do. And, and trust me, you would, live a, you would live a much better life is what I would say. Um, uh, well, my, money has a very, for me especially, the, you know, growing up poor, landing into the career I did is, like, kind of a miracle. Yeah. Uh, really. <laughs> and yeah, I, I, too, I'm under no right? illusions about that either. I mean, like, I... Yeah. I 100% think I just got extremely lucky. Um, and, uh, but that being said, 
the I think for me, and I don't know how you felt when you were hitting 30, but for me, like, um, I mean, it wasn't that long ago. You don't have to like, (laughs) I'm not like a wizened elder, (laughs) you know, like perched upon a mountain with a, with a beard that I've braided, you know, I'm not that, that far past it, but but I I didn't mean, but also kind of meant to call you. Yeah, I know. (laughs) So um, yeah, right around 30. Continue. Yeah, well, well, right around 30, I, I feel like you, you kind of start to think about, I mean, it, maybe it's premature to think about like, what do I want to do for the rest of my life? But I mean, you do start to think like, where do I want to be in 20 years, 10 years? You know, you start making more long term decisions because I, I feel like you've kind of figured it out, like what what you want to facilitate happiness in your life. And for me, that genuinely was always missing. I yeah. mean, for, for my entire life, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I, things just, I felt like I was just along for the ride. Like things would just happen to me. Every time something good happened, something bad happened. Every time something bad happened, something good happened. And it was just ping-ponging back and forth between these wildly varying situations. And it just kind of, happened that I ended up where I am now and weirdly enough 2020 has kind of like for the five years or so that I've been in my career like the experience has been very stable like I've been able to realistically expect what every day was going to be which Mm -hmm. was very comforting in a lot of ways but with 2020 especially, I think that it's kind of reopened that feeling of, you know, that stuff is not where I want it to be or, or I'm just along for the ride. And yeah, and streaming I, kind of feels like a way for me to rebel against that almost like, yeah, I, I don't know that it's, I don't know that it's rebelling, but what I think it is, is, it, is it's, I have, I have a very similar upbringing, right? Where we grew up like extremely poor and like had a bunch of those like horrible situations. I mean, we've talked about that in the past, but, but I mean, when you grow up that way, when you have a stable, well, you know, job that pays for you to like, you know, live a normal life and it is stable, it is like at first, especially right when you get it and for the, the, to the time it is like the most refreshing thing in the year it's like wow you know again it's that same feeling of wow this is what it feels like to not have to look at my bank account every time i want to buy yeah, a hamburger it, you know? when, you, when you don't when you don't have to think about buying groceries you just buy yeah, them. exactly you just buy them right like yeah, that is a yeah. big moment when you can just swipe the card and not think about it right yeah. um so and it is very hard to envision leaving that Right. It is very extremely hard, especially when we came up the way we did. Right. You're just like, I could never go back. I could never go back. Yeah. Right. And and what you have to realize is that you don't have to go back to be happy doing what you're doing. Right. And like, I I think that that if, if, if these last three months since COVID hit has taught me anything, it's that what I thought was super important is not nearly as important as I thought it was. Right. And 
what I think is important is way more important. You know, what I think is important now, I can't believe I didn't care more about before. Um, you know, I spent years here sitting at home, like working at home, not talking to anybody. And I'm like, I just wish I could talk to someone, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it, it brings it all into razor focus is what I would say. And, uh, I don't know. I think that's happening to a lot of people. But yeah, I can tell you, yeah. I can tell you who it's not happening for. Who's that? The, the people that own Pagan Online. It's, it's a perfect segue. <laughs> I was going to say at eleven thirty, we should segue into it. So that's perfect. Here we go. I mean, it's uh, it's not perfect for them. So tell me, tell me about Pagan Online right. and why you're so heated. I guess is is a good really good word for it. So I, I I'm going to kind of get on a. A soapbox here, uh-huh. but yep. um, there, soapbox I'm on the ground, hop up on really there. flipping tired of early access game companies taking advantage of the consumer. And I'm tired of it because I feel like it's not just a dead horse. It is like a pulverized horse. I mean, this thing has been a problem for a long time, and it seems to manifest in new loophole kind of ways. Yeah. So in case people aren't familiar, like early access is when a company sells a game that is clearly that they, they, they they disclose, Hey, this is not finished. We are making it now. You can pay for it and play it now. And we are going to like build the airplane as it is flying. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and involved in that normally is some sort of semblance of here's what we have. Right. Normally they have some sort of offering. And that the quality of that offering is wildly disparate in a lot of cases. And then they also say, like, here's where we're planning on going. Right. And then they generally give a time of like, yeah, we think this is going to take like a year. We think this is going to take like two years. And it has worked for some people. Right. Like, I mean, I I think some of the notable ones are like games like Subnautica. Right. Um, Divinity Original Sin too. Hades. Hades. Yep. And those are companies that, but do you think I I would argue? And I think the argument that you're about to make is that is not the norm, right? The companies that make good on that promise, I don't think are like in the the mass majority, right? I think. Um, Yeah. I, I, I think, I think there may be more, common now than they especially were back in like the days of i don't know like daisy or whatever but sure um but like star i mean star the biggest ones like are still outstanding right like star citizen yeah 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 um Um, i so for me pagan online action rpg um I never played it, actually, so I don't even know anything about it. But the reason why it pisses me off so much is because, again, we have a company releasing a product for $30, which to me, when you make a game, $30. So for it, it, and I know what they're doing. When you have an early access game, you're trying to market it almost as a full game, but under the guise and shield of, oh, it's not done yet. It's just not done yet. You have to be patient. Um. But there's a term for that. It's beta. <laughs> so right. if you want to release a beta, great, fine. Free beta, I'm in. $5 cool, yeah. beta, I'm in. Yeah. Closed beta, fine. Alpha, okay. 
early uh, yeah, access or, or like or like the free to play beta right like yeah, like yeah. rogue company just did that thing where the game's going to be free to play with microtransactions but if you pay 15 dollars, you can play it right now right yeah but, but the i i think the 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 problem is that these game companies they're releasing early access titles and they're selling them up front for a pretty steep cost and they're putting all the pressure on the consumer to provide feedback to be patient to basically play test their game for them through and through be their free profit producing quality assurance company and they're offering in return either completely stripping away features of a game or providing an, a broken game. So like to me, the the two games coming to mind are like Torchlight 3 and Pagan Online, right? Mm -hmm. Like Torchlight 3, 30 bucks. Disaster of quality issues. I mean, it's just, it, it's almost laughable. It, it is laughable <laughs> how egregious the problems in that game are. And and there's a reason why it is where it is right now. Then you look at Pagan Online and it's like, again, small title. Um, I, I mean, again, I, I never even played it, but I mean, it's in the name online. And you took away online. Right. And you so, took so, away online during early access. Right. So so the the just, just so everybody's clear, like Pagan Online, they sold it as an early access game with an on like it had an online component, a multiplayer component. And then in the middle, they were just like, yo, these servers are too expensive and they shut them down. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I just well, cut them it, out. I don't even and think it's it, in the middle, though. It, it's been in it's early like access for it's, a good minute. Oh, it's been it's been in there for a while. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I think they were actually planning a release soon. So, so what do, happened? Is, do you think that release is still going to happen? Well, it's delisted from Steam. Oh, so you're probably not. I, <laughs> I would assume. I mean, they're going to have to change the name. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, mean, I don't know how you release so Pagan Online. <laughs> it feels like what it is, is right. What they're doing is they're almost using it as a Kickstarter, right? Almost like, but not like the Kickstarter that we know now where it's like, yeah, we, we're going to make this thing, but we're going to pre-sell it like on Kickstarter as a marketing <clears throat> thing, but more like what Kickstarter was actually intended to be, which is, hey, we want to make this thing, right? And we have like a proof of concept and... We're hoping that if we sell it in early access, we can fund it. But I don't think people, I think the quality of a lot of things that have been put into early access sort of have confused people that that's what they are, right? Do you think that's what Pagan Online was trying to do is maybe, maybe they didn't have the money to finish development. So they're like, ah, we'll put it out in early access. We'll sell a bunch of them. Well, they had the money because they had the money that they got from early access. So they, they for sure had the money to do it. I think the problem is that, I, and I don't want to blame the development team because I don't think, well, I don't know, but I don't think that this is their fault. I can, however, blame the publishing company, Wargaming. Mm -hmm. They are 100% at fault because it, it, here's my problem with it is once again, we have another early access title not only devaluing what early access is, but spitting in the face of the consumer. Because the only way for you to get your $30 back from buying 
pagan online, like to play online is if you've played it for under what, two hours for Steam's refund policy. Right. But if you sunk time into it, especially if you're the person who provided feedback on it and, um, you know, sunk a ton of time into it, you're screwed. You're just out 30 bucks now. That's mm -hmm. it. And the game's not even on Steam anymore. You don't even know when it's going to come back. If they offered refunds, I would have no problem at all. But what they did offer, and I think this is like the next slap in the face. It's like the stupid duffel bag thing from Fallout 76. It's just like the next yep. step that did not have to happen, which is Wargaming in their parting gift for ditching Pagan Online offered anyone who's owned the game seven days of premium wargaming account status which i don't know what that entails but i'm assuming it's like experience bonuses in their it's it's doper of... it's doper tanks in world of tanks or, or whatever it is right? yeah so so it's like you, you get some kind of perk or something uh and and then they offered some cosmetic skins for their like for vehicles but a viewer of mine pointed out that I mean, if you make a new account right now with the wargaming stuff, you get seven days of premium up front. Yeah, and it so doesn't it's, stack it's just with a, seven days that they're offering. Yeah, know? it's it's clearly like they're not offering anything, right? They're, they're, just they're, like, they're literally sorry, offering you. Sorry, nothing. it sucks. You you get screwed. And it, I'll see it, you later. Right. It, it's like they offered the bare minimum that they could offer to yeah. place a you know and just appease to people who are outraged. And it's just, it's, it's crap. Like it's yeah, just it's, crap. It's pretty bad. Yeah. And, and again, it's like early access can be great. There are great games in early access right now. Neon Abyss off top of my head. Hades is going to release soon. Plenty of games like that are awesome that have a lot of care and love put into them and they can sell their product for 30 bucks or 15 bucks or whatever. But I mean, you're charging half the price of a triple A game. You need to treat your customers with at least half the respect of a company that would release a AAA. Game. Right. Yeah. I mean, even if like, I don't know, even if EA released like the biggest turd ever and, and just laid an egg, I mean, there would be some kind of action taken to at least try and get back in good faith with the community. Sure. You know? Yeah. It's um, kind of wild that, um, that a publisher it's isn't it weird that you would have an early access game that has a publisher when technically that game isn't actually <laughs> you know what i mean it, it, it's it's very wild to me that like like this would be more understandable right if it was so the developer for pagan online is, is a company called madhead games if madhead games had just like taken pagan online and shoved it on steam and said like all right look we're in early access we're going to try to make this thing work like Let's see what we can do. And it's an online game. So like, obviously, if you have an early access game in online, like, you know, you know, but they have a big publisher behind them, right? Yeah. Like this, this war game company makes like they own Masters of Orion, like that property. They own like big, they have yeah. like they have a ton of like, you know, World of Tanks, World of Warships, World of Warplanes, all these like weird war games that do, you know, pretty well. I yeah, mean, World of Tanks yeah. has been around for a long time. I mean, this is like like not a small publisher, and they've no. published other games, right? Like, it's th this isn't the only game that they've published. Um, so, it, it, yeah, I, again, I, I think that I mean, th these are the people that own like Total Annihilation, like Wargaming.net, um, from way back in the day. They, I believe they published 
Yeah. They published Total Annihilation back in the day in so, 1997. <laughs> so. I, I, yeah. And like, I, I don't know if you want me to read their announcement that they made for it, but I think this is just like the next slap in the face. I mean, this is like when they announced it. Yeah, I mean, I, I read it as well. It's it's pretty bad. Yeah, like if you want to paraphrase and go for it, like, let's hear it. Yeah, so let's hear I, the laughable I think, parts. It, I think the very first paragraph is like the most laughable part to me. All right. Since the launch of Pagan Online, Wargaming and Madhead Games have been working to ensure the best possible gaming experience. Unfortunately, over the last year, it has become clear that supporting Pagan Online as a multiplayer game is no longer sustainable. What? <laughs> it's, i mean it's literally called pagan online that, it's like it, uh, that makes approximately no sense to anyone right that has ever played a game ever i mean you don't even have to have servers just make it host and you're fine right why are you turning off the online component um to ensure the continuity of our game we will be converting pagan online from multiplayer to single player this will happen on August 4th when the multiplayer servers will be sh switched off. That's it. That's the statement right there. That's what yeah. you get. So one of the funny things about it, like, so, I mean, that's laughable, obviously. And like, they're doing the wrong thing for players. But here would be my question is, is especially like, we bump into this a lot of times with like older games and servers, right? Where it's like, oh gosh, like for whatever reason, it is a real like cost to keep this thing running. Like either we have to put the dev work in to make it, you know, peer to peer host or or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, like Pagan Online had like ten players, right? Like it, no one plays it. Like the 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 peak of Pagan Online in June was ten people online playing it on Steam, right? So, so at what point do you have to say like, well, just nobody plays this and it doesn't affect anyone, right? I'm not I'm, I'm not trying to play. I'm, I'm playing a little bit of devil's advocate here, but like, no, yeah, yeah, you're fine. I mean, it, it, well, if, I, I if think 10 people are online playing the game, like you fix the game. Yeah. I mean, I guess you just you just you you I think you what you have to do is beforehand, you have to say, like, look, if things go south, what is our exit plan here? Like, and it, if we have to, like, make it peer to peer, how much does that cost? Right. And then you just build that into the cost of the game. And you say, well, like, if we got to do it, we got to do it. Like, and then when it gets to a point, like where it's like, oh, we only have 10 people playing this. It's time to pull the ripcord and just make this thing self-host or whatever. Um, or at least like offer some sort of like private hosting or something. Right. So, I mean, so it went online or it went into early access in the, I think, beginning of 2019. Okay. So it's what a year and a half. It's, it's been a good minute. Yeah. And I mean, right now on Google, the top search result is Pagan Online dead. Yeah, it's dead. I mean, it is dead, right? They effectively yeah, it, killed it. Right? It is dead. But I, I think, again, though, it, it, is that the fault of people who have bought the game and don't want to play it anymore? Or is that the fault of the dev team or, no. or just or whoever? It's like I'm definitely not saying game. that the yeah. people that didn't play it are at fault here, right? Just because no, yeah, the yeah, player yeah. count on Steam is like, oh, it sucks. Like, that doesn't mean like, oh, well, kill it. It's dead, you know? Um, but I would say like th th they should have some sort of ripcord to pull, right? You just have it, to build that in, right? It, I mean, it reminds me of Heroes of the Storm is what it reminds me of. Oh, like, yeah, it's very similar. I mean, it, Heroes of the Storm is not a dead game, but it, it's definitely not 
on the same level as like League of Legends or Dota or anything like that. And, and I don't think anybody's under the illusion that it is bigger or matching those two games. Um, but but Heroes of the Storm was a fun thing. Like we used to play it at I yeah, have a land party yeah. that I go to twice a year that sadly is not happening this year. But like we would play Heroes of the Storm every time. Like there oh, would be yeah. at least one or two games of it because it's it's not like League or Dota or whatever where you can just like put somebody in front of it and say like, hey, push these buttons, like, you know, kill the skeletons <laughs> you know, or whatever. Right, yeah. And, yeah. And, and you could play it. And like there's definitely something to that, whether but, or not it's profitable, you know. Well, so Blizzard wanted to make it into an eSport and fine, whatever. I personally think trying to force games into being, you know, esports are is kind of a joke. But um, you know, I mean, they, they really, Tar- really Tarkov, want to be one. Tarkov is that right now? I would argue, but that's a different. Yeah, and, and like but, a lot of games, they want that esports cash because they look at League of Legends and they're like, oh man, you've got people on salary. Yeah, you've got like yeah, Tokyo's pizza rolls hitting yeah. them up. Like you know, it it great. But Geico it, money, you got to get yeah, that like, Geico let it money. organically happen. I mean, League of Legends did not start off where it is now. It, it happened over a decade of consistent and constantly improving broadcasting. Yeah, so, League made one of the greatest games in the world. When yeah, they no, made it, right? I mean, it, regardless of if you love or hate League of Legends, I mean, like League is probably if I had to look at the most influential games, it's right up there with World of Warcraft. It's right up there with like legacy games that paved the way. It's it's. It's oh, it absolutely game. is. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Blizzard just pulled the cord on Heroes of the Storm, put it in maintenance mode, and just said, okay, see ya. Light off, like, the entire... I mean, like, one of my friends was the leading um, project manager for it. Just laid off, you know, no warning. All the internal dialogue in the company was about how here's all the changes we're going to make. Here's, like, the new season coming up. Here's what we're going to do. And then just, boom, out. And it's yeah. like, why? And it's because I know what it is. It's because they're looking at the numbers they pull for their tournaments. They're looking at the numbers for, I don't know, their streams or whatever. And they're like, oh, this isn't League of Legends. It's never going to get there. Just ax it. But put the work in to get it there. Or at least get somewhere around there. Um because all Heroes of the Storm really needed, in my opinion, is I just think it needed a less, I don't want to say gimmicky, but it just needed a competitive mode that stripped away the objective stuff. Yeah. Like there's a reason why people play on Summoner's Rift for hundreds and thousands of hours of their life. It's not because of the map. It's just because it facilitates consistent competitive experiences. Let the players dictate what happens on the battlefield, not the battlefield dictating what happens to the players. Right. That's all it needed. Or, or they could have also taken it a totally different way and made it like the party MOBA. Sure. Yeah. And, and, and fully embrace that and said like, you know what, instead of doing the esports league stuff, let's just grab like 50 of the biggest streamers that play, you know, here's the storm that are entertaining and we're just going to put them on a show every week and let them play. Yeah. You know what I mean? Look at, I mean, look at smash. Like Smash versus, yeah. you know, Street Fighter or Tekken or whatever. Like Street Fighter and Tekken have diehard loyal followers that are always going to play those games. Yeah. Always. Because they offer an extremely competitive and unique experience that you're only going to find on those games. And then you have Smash, which is like 
hilariously anti esport in spite of being one of the biggest fighting game esports, if not the biggest fighting game yeah. esport. And it's like it, Nintendo and uh, I forget the name of the company. It's escaping me, but the, the guys who make it, um, I almost like go out of their way to deter it from being an esport, but it still is right. one. And it's because they just embrace the party aspect of it. Yeah, like, just just know what you are. And and I think a lot of that leads to, and it, it's weird, this actually comes full circle with the discussion we were having about Twitch, is that a lot of people feel like success is shooting your shot a bunch of times and hoping that you catch lightning in a bottle, right? And like, because... That's just sort of the way the internet works, right? Like people fire sure. out games and they hope that, well, uh, did we make the next League of Legends? Did we make the next, you know, Apex? Did we make, like people are already calling Hyperscape a dead game because it didn't have the same viewer accounts that Apex had or Fortnite had or whatever. And it's like, no, that's... <laughs> That's not how that's not how this works. That's not how it has to work, right? It, it's it, funny to me that it's such an alien concept to them because literally one of the first things you learn streaming, and I don't know why this is such a foreign concept to game companies, but is if you're entering a saturated market, you will never be found. So just make something unique or yeah. stream something that is more unique. Yeah, and I think the worst part about those games is that they, they did have something unique. It's that they weren't happy enough with the niche that that unique held, right? And if 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 Tarkov, there's a lot of like criticisms I would levy at Tarkov and its developers and whatever, but what they did understand was that they made a thing and that that thing was weird and that it appealed to people because it was strange, right? It was like, this game is obtuse and strange and weird and like, it, it, you know it is hard just almost for the sake of being hard and unforgiving and all of its things. But like they didn't change it. Right. They just said, this is what it is. And look at how long Tarkov was like a nothing game. Nobody played that game for years, for years. And then just out of nowhere, it became the largest game on Twitch. Like at the beginning of the year, you know, and that is a look, you can you can levy a bunch of of criticisms at them, but they just stuck with their game and they realized like this is what our audience wants and this is what we want to make. And we're going to do that. And if more companies would just do that right in a sustainable way, they would be fine. <laughs> I think Heroes yeah, of the Storm yeah. absolutely had a place. I would absolutely be playing Heroes of the Storm if they had leaned into what it was good at which is like, this is the, this is the MOBA that I don't have to pay. Like imagine trying to go back. Like I haven't played league in probably five years. And if I tried to go back to play league now, it would just be like Greek. I would have no idea. I would just be like, what is happening? I am so lost. You know, it's like, it's like it, it, destiny feels like that every time. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever had the people who try to loop you back into destiny. Oh yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. And they go, yeah, yeah, you should play. This is really good now. And, and then you like, go back oh, and you're God. like, I don't understand at all what any of this is. And you just sort of bounce off it. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. here's the storm could have been that. And pagan online probably looked at what it was selling and it's people and was like, well, we're not Diablo and we're not path exile. So we're nothing. And that but, publisher yeah. just killed it. 
right and then it's like but they could have i mean yeah it, that was a decision to be made way earlier <laughs> yeah like, like you you make you know? that decision when you're a, a month or two months into early access and then you offer a refund you don't make yep. it a year and a half you just release the product just release it like if it flops it flops yeah fine but i mean you owe it to the people who spent money on your thing to either give them the money back first of all for the game that's currently delisted on steam and widely regarded as being dead yeah or you just kick it out there and go hey you know it'll work and if it works it works just let it do its own thing and live its if it appeals to 200 people fine whatever how well, big is the dev team really for it how yeah how it, much it also makes was, early yeah. access feel a little bit like a grift right because i mean yeah in, in another way because it, leaving it in early access and not just stamping done on it because i would argue once you make the decision to start removing like major features your game is done done like in a finished state like you were saying this is what we this is our finished end state of this game right so yeah. what you should do is when you make that decision is immediately remove it from early access and say this game is done because when you leave it in early access the longer that you leave it in you're you're giving people hope like we're going to keep working on it because I guarantee in there, in their, um, in their, like, you know, what are we doing in early access? They're talking about online features. So whoever is like, Oh man, I'm going to play pagan online and I love it. And you know, I'm just going to keep sticking with it because you know, it's still in early access and it could get better, you know? Um, that's a grift right? Leaving that tag on there. If you just, if, if, if those people also three months ago, the game had just gotten stamped like done and they said, this is it. Then this announcement wouldn't feel as in, in a weird way. It wouldn't feel as bad to me because what you've done is you've said like, we're done, we're done making it. Yeah, right. And, yeah, th and then there yeah. should be some sort of conversation around like, well, your game's not done. You didn't deliver anything that you said you were going to do. But leaving it in early access and then just killing it is like a weird roundabout way of getting around having to deliver those things in early access. Right? It's you, you, when you make an early access title. Again, if you want quality assurance work and you want people to play your game pro bono and give you a laundry list of things that they want improved, then you make it a beta. You make it an understanded early development phase of the game yeah when you make an early access game you are releasing a fragmented part of a finished product and there's an implied level of quality control that's already gone into the game to justify it being an early access i think a lot of people can accept oh you know the game has a memory leak happens or you know that maybe the fps isn't optimized or maybe yeah. whatever but when you have outstanding crippling quality bugs and then on top of it you're just using early access as a vessel to release like a temporary form of the game before you pull the cord on it you almost All have to wonder doing, yeah you have to wonder if pagan online was ever going to be finished yeah right if they, like, if they shoved it out in early access you're like this thing is like garbage but we got to get some money out of it right so we're gonna we're gonna just like yeah. throw it out there see if we can get a bunch of rubes to pay 30 dollars for it and then never finish it, right? And again, it's like, I mean, I don't want to say that, I, I don't know what the terminology would be and what the wording is for 
what early access for pagan online is but i feel like especially in the context of the name of the game mm-hmm. uh it's almost like a class action lawsuit type of situation i'm not saying it is what it is but it's definitely yeah. a like you have literally released a product and then got money out of people and, and booked it you yeah you would that. hope that you would hope that it would be steam that would be holding those publishers accountable right and they would say like look like wargaming Yo, you if if Wargaming tries to do another game in early access, right? So let's say like let's let's just in in a sad what's going to happen here is Madhead's going to close, right? Because they made this thing and it failed and they're they lost their publisher. So like most of the time what happens in these situations is like they just go away, right? Those sure. devs break up and they go and it it's sad but they find work elsewhere and but what's going to happen is that publisher is going to just keep doing what they do. Right. So they're going to find another company, you know, another game and they'll be like, all right, let's publish this bad boy. Let's get it out there. What happens when Wargaming puts another one in early access? Is Steam going to put some stamp on it and say like, hey, you know, see, like this neatly absolves Wargaming of all of their responsibilities. Right. Because the game's been delisted from Steam. So you don't have to see all the like negative reviews that would have piled up on Pagan Online. Right. If you click like wargaming.net as a publisher, because you can click a publisher in steam and see all the games they publish. You're not going to see pagan online. It's gone. So you won't even know that the, like a lot of the people will never know when they buy a wargaming.net published game that they screwed a bunch of people over with pagan online. And then, and then the kicker is, I mean, again, I think the part that rubs me the wrong way so much about it is that their parting gift to anyone who had, purchase pagan online was for wargaming to offer it's like they plugged their content yeah they're they like yo <laughs> yo if you didn't like if you didn't like the way getting screwed by us felt this time what if <laughs> could we introduce you to our other free-to-play games <laughs> like it, it's just a, it, it's a joke yeah and yeah. It, unfortunately this is the the sad reality of early access that we live in where yeah. you just have these predatory publishing companies scooping up small dev teams taking their intellectual property and then bastardizing it into some monster that yep. they then churn out to the masses for 30 45 60 dollars in the case of wilson and then you just end up with the the person who gets screwed is a consumer yeah like the dev team is fine if they if they implode they implode if they don't they don't but whatever I mean, they worked on it. They got paid for it. Like, they're fine. Um, the isn't publishing it, company is fine. Isn't like, it wild how, like, concentrated that screw job is to, like, certain genres, too? Like, it's always action RPGs and, like, survival FPSs. Well, it's because they follow trends. So, yeah. I mean, if you look at, like, all the arena shooters that came out like yeah. when overwatch came out and it was just like 2017 was just yeah, there's like bam. 50 it has paladins and yeah. 50 million of them yeah it's like and then you look at mobas it's like boom here we go here's a ton of mobas or even with wow arenas it's like yeah. here we go we got all these other games that are following this format you know it's just whatever people can latch on to i feel like go. i feel like PUBG is the one that broke that weirdly broke the early access thing because what happened is PUBG released in like a just a horrific state but yeah. it was but it was so fun anyway that it sold like a gajillion and everyone's like well look like we could be the next PUBG we could release in this like weird state but our game our core concept is so good that then we'll become this huge company and it's like a, a, 
what should have happened is, you know, PUBG really in its state, if it released now, would just die. It would come out oh, yeah, and people yeah, would be like, yeah. yeah, this game sucks. And they would never play it. Right? They would, it yeah. would just, and then what would happen is like Wargaming.net, some publisher would like eventually delist it and it'd be like, ah, oh, no harm, no foul. It's all good. Right. Um, well, and, and again, I mean, the per- who ends up getting screwed in all this? It's the person who put money and time into it. Yep. And with the way that Steam has their refund policy, if, again, if you don't refund within two hours, I think you're, you're hosed. That's it. Yep. GG. So. Oh, well, you hear, yeah, I mean, you heard it here yep. first. And Cross says everyone should put their game on the Epic Game Store. <laughs> Full endorsement. <Yeah>. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they have a better, they have a better refund policy. They do have a better refund policy, but I, right. I mean, it, it's just such a, like, it's, it's crazy. such a meme. Yeah, it's such it's a, a meme. It's and such a grift. I'm, yeah. I agree. I'm so tired of, having to be the guy who it like with torchlight the reason i stopped streaming it is because literally every conversation i had about that game was deterring people from buying it but still trying to find a silver lining to pitch to people to be like hey here's my feedback i even wrote a i spent like four hours one night it was me and like i think 50 viewers we sat down and wrote up a review of the entire game, like every mechanic that we could think of. Mm-hmm. And we even outlined the design philosophy of the game. Now, admittedly, the review is pretty negative, but I mean, what do you want? <laughs> do you yeah, want a review you- or do you want me to shill for you? And it was just very eye opening to me what early access is, because up until I wrote that review, I had like four or five developers that would sit in my chat all day when I played Torchlight 3 like developers of torchlight yep and when i wrote that review suddenly it was just like boom ghosted they're just gone totally ghosted yeah and then and it was funny because then a week later they did a they did like a community recognition thing where they acknowledged people in the community like streamers Mm -hmm. i was nowhere on that list in spite of being like their biggest streamer for almost a month just nowhere just nowhere on the list yeah nowhere yeah all because i wrote an objective opinion about the game and i highlighted all the things that i liked about it and that i wanted them to change and that i thought were you know would move the game in a positive direction yeah um and i also prefaced it with like this is just my opinion this is at coming from a hundred hours of experience <laughs> like yeah i, I think know. that like that's a whole nother i mean we could do a whole show about the relationship between developers and streamers right but yeah because it's it's so weird and strange um but yeah that it's wild i mean that's what people need to understand is that early access is like (laughs) it's a grift it's it's like it's like they just (laughs) took the money and 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 they didn't want to listen to feedback they didn't want any Mm -hmm. kind of opinion they didn't want to talk about any changes that the community wants. They wanted to push their product and then make as much money during early access on the intellectual property they were selling. Yeah. The, the only on thing that you should buy in early access is from a developer that you trust. Like you better trust that dev or that publisher, right? Like, you know, I trust Larian, for instance. Like they're going to release Baldur's Gate in early access. 
and they'll be fine. They'll actually incorporate feedback and actually do the thing. But that is so rare. Most of the time it's a grift. So like, and the thing is like, even if the, the, the company isn't super, you know, reputable, I, I, I'm the type of person that if I can get, I'll say four or five hours out of a game. Yeah. I'm pretty content. Like I'm fine. I mean, cause really what, what am I going to do for five hours for 15 to $30 really? Like, it, yeah, it's a good money. I mean, like yeah, if I'd like, played Neon Abyss for five hours and then never played it again, I'd be like, man, I got good money out of that. Yeah. Like whatever. It's fine. You know, it's you fine. Know? Um, and, but it, even I, after spending over a hundred hours on it, felt like I was kind of robbed a little bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you got, got, you feel like you got, got like I, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. Like, Cause I, I was just kind of like, I mean, you were, you were drunk, you were drunk on that dev clout and they were in your chat, like just egging you on. They were like, yeah, I just keep playing. It's well, great. no. Cause like I, it, it was funny <laughs> because like I would kind of shit on it to them. Yeah. And they would agree. But then it's like when you then put you publish, yeah, you publish. Yeah, and then it's just something. like boom, here yeah, we go. It's like oh and, no, yeah. And also, I was a little pissed off because like they specifically, I did not want to make one, and I told them multiple times, I do not want to write a review because it's going to take a ton of time. I'm not going to write a review unless I put I'm, time I am into it. Far too lazy for this. Yeah, yeah. No, like I, I am not only an extremely lazy person, but I'm also reviews are hard. Yeah, like, like I, I, I don't like slapping my name onto a firm opinion and being like. Here it is, because now you're that guy who said that thing. And even if your opinion changes, it's like, oh, but you fucking hate it, you know? Yeah. Um, but and I told them, like, if I wrote a review, it'd probably not be glowing, you know, I because I, I want to be objective. I care more about my viewers than your consumers, <laughs> and I'm not going yeah. to lie to my viewers. Yeah. So um, and, and they still wanted it. They were PMing. I have PMs on Twitch. It's because they're not. Th- it's it's just them pushing for like, yeah. you know. And then it's because if you, if you don't if you don't if it doesn't go the way they want it, then they can just ghost you and just they pretend yeah, you don't exist. Yeah. And then if it goes the way they want it, then they it's something they can slap on the box, slap in the marketing, and be like, "Look, this guy loves it." Yeah, yeah, you and know? and and I wrote the review, and I spent a ton of time on it, and they popped into my channel when I was writing it. And then there we go. That's it. And they were like, All because yeah. I was objective about it. And, and it's the kind of thing where it just opens your eyes to what early access really is. Because if they really wanted early access, like the definition of it being, here's our semi-complete game and yep. we want to improve it with community feedback. And then you get community feedback and you just shove it off to the side. Like... I don't even care if they take the review and then don't listen to it. I don't care. Do whatever you want as far as I'm concerned. But to just straight up act the way that they acted about it, it was like, this is what a bad early access title is. Like, this is it right here. And the sad part is that's probably like 70% of early access. Yeah, yeah. it's like, I'm not the first person to experience this. Like, I'm sure that plenty of people have gotten like passionate about a game um they're streaming it they talk about it all the time again when you're streaming a game you yeah you get into it you inadvertently i mean you have to get into it and then also at the same time like you end up playing it so much and playing it in different ways that i mean like i 
I was literally playing the game in the most frustrating ways you could play it and playing it through to completion over like 40 hour play sessions. So, you know, you're going to learn a lot about the game. So you're going to have a relatively educated opinion on it. But so if you had to put to bring it all to a head, if you had to put a review score on early access, it, like, like as a whole. Yeah. I mean, I'm out of 10, I, one, I, one or 10. I, the number jumping out to me. I don't know how you can go above this number is two. Yeah. I, I would agree. I think as a practice, like early access is like a two out of 10. Practice. I just don't know how you can go above it because it, there are games that are fantastic that come out in early access. Great games. Like, mm -hmm. and I play a ton of them. I specifically play mostly early access games these days. And the, but, it, but, it feels, like, but it feels weird, right? It feels weird to like support those things because you're encouraging others to release early access. Yeah, and then it, like I, I'm the, buying it yeah. and I'm like looking at the time I'm playing it. I'm like, do I want to get to two hours? Yeah, because like when I get to two hours, there's no turning back. <laughs> I'm, yep. I'm, my my dollars yeah, locked I'm in at good. this point. Yeah, and do I want to support this game? I wonder I if done? I wonder if Steam would would be better off like adding some sort of caveats to the way their early access and refund strat like policies interact. Right. It, it, so here's what I think. This is kind of the solution that I would like to see them make to uh, early access. Make it so that when you refund an early access title, you can refund it at any time, obviously to a limit. Like if you're over, I don't know, 10 hours, then no, stop. But, you know, a reasonable amount of time like that you would play in sure. a day yeah, yeah. Um, to really form an opinion on the game and see what the game has to offer. Because the problem with a lot of these early access titles is they're all very front loaded. Like the first hour is great. And yeah. you get to the second hour, and you're like, oh, God. You know, they just it, where's the content? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think that's a simple change that could just do it, right? Like, you yeah, know, you you play yeah. six hours of Pagan online, and you're like, you maybe maybe this is not for me. Right? And then when you refund it one time, if you want to buy it again, fine, but you can't refund it again. So there you go. Yeah, I, th then, I think that if fire yeah. someone in your chat actually, this was this was going to be my suggestion as well. Is like I think of early access. They, they, when they write out, I don't think they should be like have to list a bullet point of like features that they have to release with. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think that they have to update their list of like release features and then the game has to actually release. And if it doesn't actually release, if it never leaves early access, you should refund everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I think that's totally fair because a lot of these games just kind of seem to push it back and push it back. Yeah, because back what that would and, also do yeah. is that would push developers to not just leave their games in early access for years, right? I, I think um, a lot of the problem too is like you end up with this, it's almost like an artist sitting on a painting mm -hmm. and it's like they, they make this painting and it's, they get to the finished product and they look at it and they're like, maybe I would have done the nose better. And so they yeah. go back and they do it again with different nose. And they're like, oh, I don't know, maybe the, the backdrop could be a little bit different. And they go back and do it again and they just do it again and do it again. And yeah. by the end of it, you end up with not only a completely different product, but a lot of people probably would have just bought the first product in the first place. You, you yeah. don't have to make a masterpiece. What matters is that you make the product that people paid for. Yeah, it's, it's always <laughs> wild to me when like the disparate quality, because like you play certain games and it's like, this is a full game. It's done. 
like yeah. when i when i played dead cells for the first time in early access I was like this game is finished like, yeah. it's finished yeah. they were like oh there's not all the end ball i'm like this you just put it in just call it done i'd be yeah. like yeah we're adding more levels later <laughs> i mean yeah. do, would you have bought dead cells played it and been like yeah this game is just garbage this no, isn't worth great. the money yeah. no no one would have complained about dead cells and they would have played it but i think like again that early access tag is a bit of grift because it's like well it, it encourages you to think about like with your mind's eye instead of with your actual eye right you're thinking like well if they did this and they did this and they did this, then like this would be a real game and it would be totally worth it. Right. And yeah, yeah. that, that early access like psychologically makes you think that. And even a year later, you're like, well, yeah, but they've, you know, they might get there. And it's like, eh, they normally don't get there. <laughs> Just release the thing and say like, this is what it is. Um, I mean, steam, I, I mean, this goes back to a problem that I've had with Steam forever in Valve and like that they refuse to actually like be involved in policing their platform. And that's a whole nother can of worms, which we can. But this is just another example of that, right? Of them. They should probably be involved in like like when Pagan Online is just like, yep, we're not done with early access, but we're going to, you know, no refunds. Gotcha. Sorry, you know, gotcha. Like Valve's, Valve should get involved in that. Right. They should be like, I don't think that happens that often. I think it's pretty rare, to be honest. I think what happens is most games just stay in early access forever. You know, um, it's like student loans, right? You just keep you just keep going yeah, <laughs> forever. Yeah, yeah. You're just yeah, you, as long as I'm, you know, as long as I'm still going to school, I'm good. You know, <laughs> so I don't have to pay him back. I'm all right. Um, so it's very interesting. Yeah. I, I, and then kind of wrapping the the early access conversation up i just think the the, there needs to be some level of accountability because with the way it is right now it's just it's just going to keep happening and and the part that like pisses me off again is that the consumer is just getting screwed and then the people coming out ahead are these garbage publishing companies yeah it's almost like the big companies always screw over the consumer yeah, I know it's like it's weird fucking... how the individual you know it's almost like the workers always <laughs> and, and the thing is like, it's almost like the worker versus the corporation you know it's almost like and, and and when i think about like okay like let's say we make a product right and yep. it's it's total turd and it sucks and nobody likes it it's like okay well we still delivered on what we said we were going to make yeah and if it didn't match up, it didn't match up. And you finish your features whatever. and then you turn it off and you, you say, well, people didn't like on. it. Yeah. You go to the next thing and you just keep chugging. But I mean, you still have to release a baseline level of quality with a product. Yeah. And that's the it, it's these games are using early access as a shield as a problem. That's yep. a grift. I mean, it's it's straight up a grift. I like so just like Kickstarter and all those board games, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. the same grift, but pagan online bad it's pagan offline now pagan offline don't and early access (laughs) strongly consider not buying games in early access unless you're really all in yeah and like it i am the type that not only am i in a position where i'm lucky to be able to just buy a game and like if it sucks whatever like you know but like it if it also um, I 
generally can get a pretty good amount of enjoyment out of a game, even if it only gives me four or five hours of, you know, actual playtime. Like, I'm not super pissed off if if it fizzles out for me. Yeah, if if I spend a a bit of money, especially like right when I buy a game, I sort of am mentally going, well, like, okay, let's see what this is. And if I get two hours into it and I'm like, I'm going to keep it, then I'm I've mentally resigned myself like, well, I'm going to get I've gotten two hours worth of value. I'm happy. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then I just sort of but I I do feel bad for people to get jazzed up about something and the the potential of something because well, I don't want too. I don't want people to lose that either. Right. Like uh, get excited. Yeah. It's OK to get excited about what something could be, you know, but just don't well, let it, somebody it, take advantage of you. It kind of goes in. And this is kind of a. I think a a decent somewhat related segue it goes into how Twitch has been handling the uh some of the pretty heavy-handed bans they've been dishing out. Yeah. Um where you're Now before I say anything about this I just want to be clear um I'm not disputing the reasons for the bans and I'm not saying that it should not have happened or it obviously I don't have details so just for the record but um, I I do think that the result of these bans occurring, I, I think it's healthy to talk about. Okay, well, what happens next, right? Yeah, no, I agree. Um, so, well, what happens next? It's like, well, now people are kind of, I think, a little bit spooked off of the idea of investing into streamers, mm-hmm. um, not just companies, but also, more importantly, to me, viewers, like. I don't care if a company is spooked off of sponsoring, but I, I care if a viewer is because yeah, like if a viewer doesn't want to, because they just don't feel like it, that's totally fine. Like you don't have to spend money on a streamer at all. And by all accounts, I mean, you, you know, don't feel obligated, but to feel scared off of it is a completely different thing because I, I know for a fact, a lot of people currently are kind of in the mindset of like, well, I want to give, x person x support but you know what if they get banned or like you know (laughs) yeah no no, that's i mean that's that's a valid conversation we should i think we should fully explore that yeah next week next week (laughs) (laughs) because i I, that's a conversation that i would love to have but i would like to have more information to talk about it because i would like very specific examples to give and like because i haven't really thought about that too much honestly um, but I, my initial thoughts may not be my end state after mulling it over thoughts. Yeah. But I, no, yeah. I, I want to talk yeah. about that. We should talk about that next week. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so we can kind of wrap up a little bit, but, um, no, but I mean, it, it, yeah, it's, 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 it, it's people preying on like people wanting something. <laughs> they want something to believe in, you know, like, and that's companies have have learned to like monetize hope and that's a scary thing right like you know oh this yeah. game could be the thing that i want this board game could be the thing that i want this streamer I mean, could like, be the person that i want to support it's like blizzard's whole like <laughs> yeah it's like their whole mo now right it's like, it's like star citizen in a box right it's like well i mean you know <laughs> this, this version of wow could be the version you want yeah this could be it this could be just, it. just, Maybe just this, the wheel you Maybe know, Diablo Four, like you know, yeah, be hopeful. Maybe, like, get, Diablo get could be it. Maybe this is the mobile game, the mobile Diablo that you're interested in. And then they release it, and it's like, good 
God, you just tripped <laughs> over yourself like 20 times and somehow put this product out and now yep. I spent money on it and I can't do anything about it. <laughs> yep, exactly. So, great. So if, if somebody wants to let you know what they think about any of the hot takes that you've given, where can they find you? <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, that, that's me, Mr. Plugman. Uh, you can come to my stream, twitch.tv slash ncross. You should go to Michael Benson's stream, twitch.tv slash Michael Benson. Yeah, you can go uh, there too. M-I-C-H-A-E-L Benson. Apparently people yeah. can't spell Michael. So, But uh, yeah, that's the first yeah. the first podcast of many. We'll actually have a name for it at some point. Hey, it, but, I honestly, this is exactly what I wanted any kind of... So my major... I don't mean to drag it out more, but... No, you're good. Um, my major deterrent with going on podcasts in general is that I don't like, I, I don't know, it, the subject structure and everything is kind of weird to me. So like, I, I like when it's more free form. Yeah. Let's just hang of, out and talk. Yeah. It, it's way more, um, it, it's easier for me to be just upfront and honest about every subject. Cause I'm kind of like in my element more. So I, I really yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, enjoyed that. Well, I hope you, I hope you felt good about it. I, I feel great about it. I hope you I felt feel, good. I, hope, really everybody, I hope everybody out there feels good too. Yeah, everyone should uh, look forward to the next episode. I, I I guess we can do it every Saturday, right? Yeah, sure. We can do it whenever. Oh, yeah, we oh, do it well, when we record it is different than when we release it. Okay. But we don't have yeah. to talk that inside baseball. To, to the listeners, it just magically happens at the exact same time every week. So they don't have to think about it. Okay. Yeah. So, so. We'll, we'll do all of that and then we'll just keep kind of. What would make us feel really good? I, I've got <laughs> you've got some chat. You've got some chat interaction. Okay. One last question. One last suggestion from the from the the chat yeah. here. Well, this is from uh, Mr. MC himself. So this is a. But, oh, waiting. Uh, We've got that delay. Yeah, that's fine. We can edit it. All right. This, this is my post productions. Right. It's quick. But uh, we're waiting. I mean, I thought he was gonna get like I thought they were gonna bust out a hot take, but <laughs> nothing. Crickets. All right. Well, with that, with that awkward run of silence there, more podcast. Thank you so much. More podcast. More podcast. Kept, kept this- <laughs> well, well, we'll definitely put out another one. We will definitely deliver All right. on, All right. on that. So, uh, uh, let's let Mr. Michael Benson go to sleep. All right. Well, um, you know, buy, buy your Casper mattresses. NordVPN, we're ready. NordVPN. You know, uh, uh, alienware, alienware PCs also yeah. interested. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks for listening to the very first "What Is This Anyway?" podcast. You can find this podcast wherever fine podcasts are featured: iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. Hopefully, you can also catch us both live on Twitch TV and Cross. You can find it twitch.tv slash ncross e n c r o s s, and you can find me. Michael Benson at twitch.tv slash Michael Benson. Thanks, guys.